Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome to Just Films and That with me, Josh Hallam. And me, Alice Oliver. This is the podcast where we talk about films that we think are underrated, underappreciated, or we just wanted to talk about them. We're also going to get stuck into some classic films that one of us maybe hasn't seen and maybe throw in some great guests along the way. Alice, do you like desserts? Oh, mate, I do love a dessert. <laughs> if you could only eat one dessert for the rest of your life, what would it be? Goodness. It can't be like a loads of little ones. Or... Oh, what? Not like a platter of 12 yeah, tasters? Yeah. Damn. <laughs> one well, dessert. Been rumbled. One dessert, one dessert. I think it would have to be Black Forest Gatto. Um, retro. So you've got, well, yeah, retro. You've got the creaminess. You've got the sponge, you've got the chocolate, you've got the fruit, you've got the chocolate flakes on top. You could eat a whole one in one sitting. I think Black Forest Gatto, but I, I do, I love desserts and I would probably eat any dessert. Really. Black Forest Gatto, the one's like chocolatey cherry liqueur. That's, uh, so liqueur, I don't know. Maybe it's cherry in it in some Maybe way. as an adult you might have a splash of liqueur. I've definitely had it mm. and I know it, but you know when you try and recall it, it's mm-hmm. like, obviously it's a gatto with cherries and... Usually chocolate, yeah, and yeah. Cream, it's, right? So it's like layers of this sort of moist chocolatey sponge with this chocolatey, icingy, creamy ganache thing in between, and then it's covered in that. And then there's flakes of dark chocolate all over it, and then the cherries as well. And it's just it's creamy and spongy and moist, but still a cake. But oh yeah, sexy and a bit of fruit in there. Yeah, fiber, healthy. <laughs> exactly. What about you? <laughs> so I'm not a big. Dessert guy. Oh. I like a dessert. Mm-hmm. So controversially, I would always pick a cheese board. Right. Which a lot of people say you can't have. That's not a dessert. It's a different course, Josh. Hmm. It's a different course. It's because it's the after dessert. It's kind of another thing, it's the isn't ending, it? It's the isn't fourth it? thing, and then it's coffee and then it's home. I think I think you're allowed to choose that. I'm, I was thrown off at first, I'll be honest. I was thinking more in the sort of cake sugary so, realm. Okay, but so, you, would, you would find a cheese board on the dessert menu at exactly. restaurants. And there's some grapes on it too. There's so. grapes on it too. <laughs> Sometimes you get a, hover, a biscuit that says Hovis on Ooh, it. Oh, they be fave. I'll tell you what, if I can't have, if I can't, can't have, have mm-hmm. for, the, for the pernickety people at home, if I can't have cheese and biscuits, I will have... Um, Sticky toffee pudding. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. go on. Yeah, sticky Absolutely. toffee. 
Mm-hmm. Which brings us nicely mm. onto this week's film, not really. So this week's film um, is one that you've picked. It is. And it is Deep Blue Sea from 1999. 99, right? yeah. was it? Yeah. Um, so spoiler warning for that. Uh, Alice... As I said, you've picked this one. Give us a little background on the film. What's it about? Why did you pick it? So there's a bunch of sharks and these group of sort of doctors and scientists are doing experiments on these sharks. They're trying to find a cure for Alzheimer's. So they're sort of genetically enhancing or like pumping them full of chemicals, you know, doing all the kinds of experiments on them. Surprise, surprise, the sharks turn on them. They've gone hyper-intelligent. They can swim backwards. They recognise guns all sorts of crazy stuff. They get too powerful. They overrun the sort of underwater village thing. Research that they've facility got. Yeah, type thing, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. They've got going on. Um, and LL Cool J saves the day. So that, Lady, that's it in a nutshell. Ladies love Cool James. I think you'll find is his, is his <laughs> full name. <laughs> and his parrot. <laughs> so uh, why did you pick it? I hadn't seen it since I was very young. And it right. wasn't one that I'd revisited since becoming an adult. So I wanted to see... Because when, I, when I'd when i seen it originally, I did really enjoy it. I knew that it was sort of naff and that maybe the special effects weren't up to much. I think I also realised, even at that early age, that the script wasn't mind-blowing or anything. But I did really enjoy it because it's got sort of Jaws meets Jurassic Park energy, which I enjoy. I love things to do kind of with the water, sharks, anything that's like whales, dolphins. I love seeing all that stuff. Like big, big fan of Jaws. So it was nice to have, like, another shark film. And I just wanted to see how I would feel re-watching it. And I did thoroughly enjoy it, but there are some issues. What did you... Th- had you seen this one before? No. Oh, so I'd never seen present. this one before. So it's a funny one, this one. I knew about it. I knew... Um, so it's, it's one of those films, the best way I can kind of describe it is, I knew about this film because... When he used to get videos, videos, kids, back in the day. Ooh. And there was adverts for other films on it, like when you're at the cinema. Oh, my goodness, yes. Deep the adverts Blue at sea. the beginning of video. I totally forgot about yeah. them. Oh, that was a different so, age. This was one of the films from around the time when it always seemed to be on different videos that yeah. I watched. So I knew, the, I knew the plot. I also remember it coming out and people kind of talking about it at school and stuff. So I knew, like some of the famous scenes, like the famous Samuel L. Jackson scene, mm-hmm. um, the scene where LL Cool J, ladies love Cool James, um, blows up a shark in an oven. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I knew about that. And I must say, I did not um, go into this one with high hopes. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was it was better than I thought it was going to be. Oh, okay. Good. Yeah, I mean, I thought... I thought the concept was really good. Like the idea that they're trying to find a cure for Alzheimer's. Um, it's like, at least there's kind of some, in no way am I saying it's scientifically accurate, but at least there's some sort of, oh yeah, it might, might be a thing. Kind of, there's, there's, a, there's an element behind it of at least they're doing it for something. It's not just like, we're experimenting on sharks. Why? Uh, don't know, do I? Just because they need to escape and kill everybody. Do you know what I mean? So The mission is clear. Like yeah. you know why they're there and you, you you know, believe it in as much as you believe a film narrative. But we know that people experiment on animals, so it makes sense. We know that these sort of underwater facilities do exist. So it's kind of all there. It's just, how do they go about it? I also have the same, I, I almost exactly what you said then. I had it's Jaws meets Jurassic Park mm-hmm. mixed with a little bit of like speed. 
the film, oh. not the not um the <laughs> stroke. <laughs> not, the, not the other thing. Uh, but no, so um oh, yeah, so it's a bit in the, in the sense that it's one of these kind of nineties. It's all about the concept and everything else. Don't really matter because it's concept and it's set pieces. Speaking of speed, this is your first non-Keanu. I know, are you proud? Since you, you proud? joined the podcast? It was hard, I'll tell you, because I nearly accidentally picked another Keanu. I just forget how much he's in, I think, and how much he's in that I've seen, and that obviously I think is underrated. <laughs> but um so no, it's it's very it's a proper um B-movie vibe type thing, isn't it? Like it's it is, it's it's all about the concept and and everything else is kind of and that is where it falls down, which we'll come on to. But the concept is solid, and I like that. I think the cast are good, but I'm not sure about the way the film uses some of the cast. But I do think LL Cool J, ladies love Cool James, uh, is um, is likable, and he's got, he's got a bit of a standout because at the time he wasn't really. I mean, I don't really know that much about his career, but I don't think he was a particularly known as being an actor. I think he was more known for being a rapper at the time. I think he has acted, but I think most people would know him as a a rapper, right? More than an actor? I, I would have said so. I yeah. haven't seen him uh, perform in anything before this. What I found interesting about his character on the rewatch was that I think he's got a little bit of ocean madness. I mm. feel like there was something about him. And when I originally saw it when I was younger, he was, in my mind, he was the comic relief. He was the fun guy who's got the pet parrot and he does the video like with the, because the video of him recording himself talking about how to make the perfect omelette. As his last like, kind of video. Yeah, uh, for some reason, that part of the film just stayed in my mind so clearly. So I just kind of had this sort of leftover feeling that's like, oh yeah, he's the fun guy, he's the comic relief. But it was actually, there was a few moments where he was like, ooh, he's gone a bit weird, actually. Is there something kind of not right about him? And then obviously the film, when the credits are rolling at the end, because uh, he was in charge of the music, um, yeah. sort of, a lot of the music production. In, in, a, in a Will Smith move. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but in the song at the end, it's all, a, a, from what I could hear, it's all about a half man, half shark, who's sort of <laughs> trying to get through his existence. So then I was like, oh, is he, is he maybe like half man, half shark? Or he's just been down there so long that he's started thinking... Maybe he's a shark. I didn't even notice. I listen. That that's what the I, song was about. I might have been. I, I, the song came on, mm. and I, I thought that's. That, I, I, I could tell that was kind of him, but I just thought, well, it's just a song he's done for the film. Mm. And no point. I was like, this is a song about being half man, half shark. I mean, that's that's the vibe I got. Maybe <laughs> I'd have to look at the lyrics properly, but that's definitely how I was feeling. So it was nice to kind of. Because it's like having a new watching experience when you kind of think something different about a character when you see them again. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's what they were going for. I mean, maybe. I haven't got it on any sort of solid facts that he did, in fact, suffer from ocean madness. Pet bird called Bird? Bird, yes, Bird. Pet Another bird. show stealer, the parrot. That <laughs> Bird is great. Part of the reason that I thought that there was something odd about LL Cool J's character, who I will, I have written his name down. Something Sherman. Preacher Sherman Dudley. Yeah. Uh, D D Sherman Dudley. Yeah. And they call him Preacher. They call him Preacher, yeah. Or Preach. So I didn't, I didn't want to just keep calling him by the actor's name. Uh, so there is a moment where he's got some cream on his finger <laughs> and the parrot starts eating the cream off his finger. Yeah. And he says a few kind of like almost suggestive 
sort of like you like that sort of little bit. I was like, whoa, you've been down there too long. I mean, so I think that's why I kind of started my brain sort of going down that avenue. If we're going to go down that avenue, he's a man working as a chef in a deeply submerged research facility who keeps a bird a couple of hundred meters below water. Mm-hmm. Don't give a shit about that bird. I don't no. know why. He's, I don't know why he's so upset when it dies because yeah. um, he's keeping it. Hundreds of meters below sea level. <laughs> yeah, the bird probably ain't happy. It was probably a relief. It made me very nostalgic. A couple of things in there. Always nice to see a floppy disk. <laughs> of <laughs> course, the, yeah. Always nice to see technology. a. Fl- it's like proper, like like the Matrix and films made around this time. Yeah. They love the floppy disk. They, someone obviously went. They're going to be around for a bit. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what I like mean? these indestructible. <laughs> Definitely. So I loved. I mean, I really enjoyed how the film opens. I think that it sort of it gives you everything that the film's going to be in that opening scene. It's like you've got these four sort of young, sexy people out enjoying the sea. On a catamaran. Yeah, yeah. Like all the all the kids are doing these days. And you sort of cut between them and then you get these POV shots from the shark that I'd completely forgotten about. But I quite like that you get POV shots of the shark. And then it's kind of like, well, whose side are we on? Um, <laughs> so they're obviously all having a good time on the boat. And then the shark's introduction is fantastic when it, Comes up like that. Um, but the... So the CGI leaves a lot to be desired. Now, obviously, Jaws nailed it because they used, like, a model for, for most of it. It Bruce. wasn't as... Oh, Brucey. Mm-hmm. Um, so they weren't as reliant on the CGI, not that it would have been up to much back then anyway. But obviously, they completely rely on CGI for these sharks, as far as I can tell. I don't know if there are... There may be some moments, you know, where they cut to a tail whip of... an an actual shark for added realism. And I did also try to think, would it have been a better film if the sharks were, if it was better quality, if the, you know, if the sharks were animated better? But I don't think really it would have been. There was, I found a lot left to be desired in a lot of the performance. I don't even really think Samuel L. Jackson was that good. He was there and it was great, um, but he just sort of, I didn't feel like any of them had become their character. It felt very much like they turned up and read their scripts. But something else I did notice as well that could have been the reason for that is because all of their backstories are shite. It's all exposition. Nearly every other sentence in that film is exposition. It's just, we need to go and do this thing and we need to fill up this door. And then when they're talking about sort of flooding the area so that they can get out, it's all just very, I'm going to do this, you need to do that, and then we'll go over there. And it's so like that. Bit by the numbers. Bit by the numbers. Yeah, I know what you mean. I mean, the CGI is not great, Mm -hmm. but I kind of forgave it in the sense that I kind of went, well, it's 1999. I mean, if you look at... Everything apart from Terminator 2, which is miraculously looks amazing, has not aged that well mm-hmm. from then. Even if you look at like the first Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire, there's elements of that that don't look great. Um, so I know what you mean with the CGI. The cast issue, I agree with you there. I think that they... Some of the dialogue and the characterization of the characters leaves it a bit... They're a bit one-dimensional and a bit wooden. So, like, I really like Thomas Jane as an actor. I think he's great. The our main hero, Carter. So he's our main like protagonist, yeah. who's called Carter Blake, which is just like a randomized. We need an action hero's name generator yeah, yeah. type name, Carter Blake. Um, he he's a bit one-dimensional, mm-hmm. and they they hint at this backstory, but never deliver. Yeah. So there's that. 
he he's a bit wooden. The script leaves them a little bit wooden at points. So so there's a bit where he, he's very kind of moody all the way through it and surly and brooding and doesn't really have much to do with his face. He just kind of scowls a lot. There's a bit where he smiles and it looks proper weird. Yeah, like, ooh. <laughs> it does. It's like a baby with pierced ears. You're like, oh, that's a bit, <laughs> that's a bit strange. They um, sort of force a romantic time. Um, a sort of romantic element between him and the uh, female protagonist, whose name... So I did Susan. notice... It is Susan. So I noticed in this film, we were about 19 minutes in until you, you were really introduced to anybody. No one's names were really talked about. No. I remember thinking... I just had to check. I was like, I don't know what anybody's called in this film. And I checked the time. I was like, it's 19 minutes. I feel like that's too long. I mean, I'm sure they mention it sort of here and there, but you're never... Because you're never given any kind of solid this is this character and this is what they do. It's all so surface level. And when they introduce Susan, so she's she's kind of the lead at the beginning. Like, you think it's going to be her story, but then, like you say, it becomes a bit more about Carter. And then it's like, well, I mean, I was often left thinking, who is this film about? Who are we here to support? Mm. Who are we rooting for? But with her... When we introduced her, she's talking about, obviously, she's trying to do these experiments. She, her, her father had Alzheimer's and her mum had died. And she was saying, every day I have to tell him his wife's dead. And I was like, that's not how you treat someone with Alzheimer's. No. What are you talking about? If You know, usually when someone has Alzheimer's, you there's a way of speaking to them. You wouldn't just remind them every single day. No, dad, your, dad, your, your <laughs> wife's dead. Don't you remember what happened? So I've, I've, from that, I was just a bit like, "Oh, I'm not really feeling you." It's a bit. She she she's like oh, she's a bit one dimensional, isn't she? Which is a shame, I think, because they had something. They could have done something really interesting with that character, and I think that because of the script, she's played by Saffron Burroughs, mm -hmm. who I haven't seen in a, a lot. I think she's in seen her in Troy, and I think she's done a bit of telly. Do you know if she's American or from the UK? I believe she's English. Right, because uh, uh, I thought... Oh, I'm British, I don't... Yeah, I think she's. I think she is. Right, so I, I assumed she was American and she but, was doing a shocking British accent. But it's weird how that can happen. Mm. Like, how you think... But, because she's doing almost like a parody. She's doing like a... What an American thinks a... Yes. British woman might sound like. Mm -hmm. But I think that because they don't give her enough to do she goes from being what could be this really interesting character with this kind of torn mission of curing Alzheimer's, which then leads to her breaking the ethical code and releasing the sharks, which then kills numerous people, which essentially she is kind of the villain mm -hmm. in that sense, obviously, as well as the sharks. I mean, the sharks are animals. They, <laughs> they kind of, have they done anything wrong? Don't know. But anyway... They could have done something really interesting there, have her be in a bit of a, a grey area type character. Is she a villain? Is she the hero? And instead, what they do is they focus on other characters and she becomes a bit of a damsel in distress type character mm. and um, obviously strips down to her underwear oh, at one yeah, point. Oh, yeah, that was, again, I, I sort of remembered that that happened and, you know, this is just a trope of films at the time, but it's just, quick, we need to shoehorn the naked woman in there. So it's like, oh, here we go. She'll take it and she's, you know... She's so clean, unrealistically clean at the time, wearing like this pristine white underwear, pulling down her wetsuit. And it's just, oh yeah, because she needs to stand on the rubber so she doesn't get electrocuted, even yeah. though she's wearing rubber shoes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But they could have done something really interesting with that character. And I think instead they focus on other characters. So the script leaves, I think the script 
does a disservice to her performance. Mm -hmm. Because I think she comes across as really wooden. But when I thought about it, I actually thought she wasn't given enough to do. She's never given any much reactionary dialogue. She comes in to kind of set up the purpose, the exposition. And then otherwise, she's kind of along for the ride. And then she they try and give her this redemption at the end. And it just kind of didn't play for me. I don't know. It wasn't when she tries to save it at the end. I was surprised that she died. I was. I thought that she'd um, survive. Well, that's how you would expect the narrative to go. Yeah. And there, oh, there was only two left, the man and the woman, and they yeah. fall in love. And a kiss. Yeah. But it's but, like, whoa, the woman dies at the end. Crazy. So that unexpected element of the script, I suppose, was good. But beyond that, I thought it left a lot to, de- to be desired in her character. Um, Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. But I did like some of the other casting. So I liked... Samuel Jackson wasn't given a lot to do. No, no. In terms of he was there. So what I liked about his casting was they did something which I believe Alfred Hitchcock first did. She's which is you cast a very famous person in a lower budget film or in a film where then the character isn't in it all the way through. So if you think of Psycho, Janet Leigh was the biggest star of that film and she, they kill her off after 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. The same thing happens with Drew Barrymore in Scream. They, what they do is they, they cast them in the film, they give them a part and they kill them off, but they market it around the fact that they're in it. They also did it with Executive Decision, with Steven Seagal. It's a bit of a technique where it's a shock, almost for shock value. So they cast Samuel L. Jackson and everyone thought it was probably a Samuel L. Jackson film or that he'd certainly be in it all the way through. And he's gone after half an hour, 40 minutes. So I like that element to it. I thought that was really good. It's just a shame that because the film's 21 years old, um, I knew that was coming. But yeah. I can imagine <laughs> if you didn't at the time, it would have been great. But I did like that. I, I like that kind of technique. I think that's something that, that has been used really well in this film. 
I quite like the big gory deaths as well. I, quite, I like yeah. that the sharks just leap out of the water and they'll just take you down. That's always fun and dramatic to watch. And like you said, it's kind of got those Jurassic Park vibes. One of the first scenes is them fly into the area in a helicopter mm. and you get that helicopter conversation. So I'm sure directors must just love it when they get to put in a helicopter scene because you have two people sat next to each other. They're shouting at each yeah. other to try and communicate. You've got the helicopter sounds going. You've got the scenery outside and it's like, oh, they must be saying really important things now because they're in a helicopter and it's just kind of like that moment. But that, I kind of... That felt sort of a bit like shoehorned and it didn't, those moments are meant to be to build relationship and, you know, build feeling between the characters. But there was something in the script that was just so lacking. Not that, my issue isn't with the story at all. Like you said, the story is great. Like I'll I'll watch, you know, modified sharks doing what they're doing. But the script let it down and just very, very clear lack of character development, I think. But that's obviously, those films, that's not what you're going for. Mm. You are there for the, it's for the gore and it's for the craziness of it. My favourite part about what you're saying with with the helicopter thing is whenever I see those scenes, I can't help but think either they're not in a real helicopter, the audio has been dubbed or the, the, Blades must not be on because the helicopter is so loud, which means on the day the actors must have been talking yeah. over nothing yeah, like yeah. that. I just love that. But no, back to what you were saying that the script is it's a little basic mm. for me and it's a little formulaic as well. It's kind of this idea of here's the setup, something goes wrong, the characters are picked off one by one, a la Jurassic Park. And also, I think the other thing with the script is it's not quite sure what it is. Mm. I mean, is it a horror film? Is it a thriller film? But what would you say? It's because I wasn't scared by it. A couple of the jump scares made me jump a little bit, but I wasn't scared by it. It didn't build tension for me. What, what would you say? Yeah, so maybe a couple of jump scares. I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't scared of it when I saw it when I was young, and I was scared of Jaws. Jaws did. Are you scare scared me. of sharks? So I am, you know. So right. I, when I was when I was a kid, it wasn't as bad. Like I could literally go into the sea for hours and hours. Like we used to go on holiday to Greece or whatever, and I'd go in the sea and swim for hours and hours. And then as I got older, and I started thinking more about sharks and about things that are <laughs> underwater, and just it's kind of got worse and worse and worse. Now I can't really swim in the sea at all. I can't really, really go into open bodies of water. I'm literally so scared that something's going to come up and drag me down. I think that's probably because I saw I saw Jaws and I saw Alien really, really young. Right. And so now I've just got, like, got it. Like, oh, so it's going to come and grab scared me. Scared of aliens as well. Scared, yeah, no, <laughs> not as much. But definitely more so sharks. But yeah. So I'm I'm not scared of sharks. Like, I'm not... I'm not I don't have, like, any huge phobias, like, where where anything would make me go, oh, no, 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 I'm not watching that. Mm. So I, I... So stuff might make me wince and stuff, but I'm not... I'm not scared of sharks, so maybe that's why it didn't have as big an effect on me because I was just very much like, well... Just a bit of a daft thing, isn't it? Like, that's, I, think, I suppose that's not going to happen. I think it is. It does feel self-aware as a film. I think, like it. I feel like it knows kind of what it's. I know you said it. What you felt like you didn't feel like you knew what it was trying to be, but I. I mean, I feel like they're not taking themselves too seriously. I suppose I meant in terms of genre. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What of course. it is, but actually, it's funny because the sharks didn't bother me the thing in the film that had more of an effect on me in the shocks was actually some of the claustrophobia 
Mm-hmm. So there's bits in it where the, the rooms are filling up with water and they're catching their breath in these tiny little bits of air. And I'm not someone who could class myself as massively claustrophobic, but that had much more of an effect, the idea of being underwater, but also trying to catch your breath. Like, it, it did, it made me feel quite uh, quite claustrophobic, quite, quite uncomfortable. So that maybe that says more about what I'm scared of than, than sharks. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> it's like being in a watery grave, isn't it? And kind of, it's, if you're away from the surface, and I'm sure it's the same if you're in space as well, but just being away from air and land is yeah. quite frightening in itself. Yeah, I suppose it's that isolation, isn't it? Yeah. But no, the, yeah, so I did think the script was a little formulaic in terms of someone gets picked off, but I did, I, I quite like so, some of the kind of creative deaths. So, yes, I really enjoyed Jan's death. Um, So the blonde scientist. Yes. So she she was an interesting character anyway, because to begin with, when you're introduced to her, she talks like this, and like everything is being read off a screen, or she's actually an android. And so, (laughs) because again, you kind of forget about that and then re-watching it. So I was like, is she she meant to be a robot? Is, Is this kind of like some subtle hints that you get that, you know, aren't really explored properly? But there were moments where she sort of relaxed a bit and wasn't as stoic, I suppose. And I wonder if that is because at the beginning of the film, obviously, they're trying to uphold these pretenses. Like, no, we would never break the code and experiment on sharks. What are you talking about? Because they're kind of going with that, aren't they? Mm. Trying to keep it secret what they've been up to. So she kind of relaxes a bit as it goes on. But yeah, her death is great. So she's they're trying to climb out of whatever it is they're in. This like Some shaft. sort of big shaft. Yeah. yeah. And so either she falls in or she gets pulled in. But she's underwater anyway. And then you see her coming back out of the water, hand first. It's like, oh, she's about to get saved. But obviously the shark has her in his mouth. So you've got her legs splayed over the shark's jaws, blood coming out, and she's like, ah, being like raised up to the other guys. And that was quite cool. Yeah, that's quite good. So they fall on a ladder, don't they? And it it goes over the tank and she falls in the shark. I I was reading, actually, when I I was like doing my notes. So originally that character, she's in a relationship with the other scientist. Which I don't think was clear at all. Which isn't clear. It kind of just makes like they're friends. But in in the original script, they're either married or in a long-term relationship. And in that bit, she's pregnant. Oh, really? And it was cut because, and I quote... It was a bit much. A bit much. Oh, really? Yeah, that's the line, guys. Yeah. I mean, that that's is too much, isn't it? Like, I mean, you know, come on. There's just an unnecessarily grim fact that's, oh, to, wow. to put in um, to put in the film. But it did. It reminded me of a lot of post Jurassic Park, post Speed blockbusters. A bit like they just take the same format of a thing is happening either in a location or an event is taking place. Something goes wrong. Characters start to get picked off one by one. It reminded. Me me like this is Jurassic Park but with sharks. Yes. Um have you ever seen vertical limit? I haven't no. So that's like Jurassic Park, but they're all climbing a big mountain. Yeah. And it's just like something goes wrong, characters start to get picked off. Yeah. At the end it all seems all hope is lost and then they're fine. Phew. So it's that kind of thing. And maybe I've maybe if I'd have seen it at the time, I don't know, perhaps uh it'd have been more affecting, but looking back on it. It was very 90s. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, yeah, certainly. Really iconic of the era. Definitely. Definitely. Even in terms of sort of camera angles, shots, like there was so much of it that was reminiscent of, there were bits from Titanic in there that I saw, like similar shots. I was like, yeah, that's like Titanic. And then Jaws as well. Even the point of view shot you were saying about, that's Jaws, isn't it? There's point of view shots in Jaws. Yeah, there is. is there is. It's kind is of like above point? the water. There is, kind of isn't thing. there? Yeah, so. But it's, I think the thing with the, 
Oh, I forgot about the Jaws ones, but I think the... So the camera doesn't change when it's a Jaws point of view shot, does it? It's just the camera. Whereas in Deep Blue Sea, you get sort of this added effect. Like a fisheye so, lens Yeah. So, thing. I mean, I don't know, like, I don't know how accurate that is to how sharks actually see things. I've never asked I know one. They, they, never, never asked one. Well, and they're more notorious for using their sense of smell to get yeah. around than their eyes. But, yeah, so I, I quite like that. But, yeah, you know, they did do that in Jaws as well. So, it's, so I'm not seeing that for the first time. But you know what? It's not trying to be anything other than a kind of cheesy B-movie for entertainment value. And it does deliver on that, I guess. It's not one that I thought, I'm never watching that again. I just thought it was, it is what it is. It has its flaws. But if it was on and I had nothing else to do and I was bored, I always think of it this way. If I was in a hotel and there was only one thing on, would I rather watch this or watch nothing? And I would rather watch this than watch nothing, unlike a lot of other films I've seen. I definitely did enjoy it yeah. on the revisit. It it's, didn't feel like a slog. It didn't feel like, oh God, why did I pick this? It was just definitely interesting. And then when you think about, you know, how far technology has come or the fact that these, this whole thing of a B movie is so iconic in itself. Mm. So it's just, you need to take it as that genre and not as it's trying to be an action film or yeah. it's trying to be, you know, a romance film. It definitely doesn't take itself too seriously. Mm. Oh, I thought, so... Our boy Carter, who is the protagonist, and then t his friend Tom, who's also Scoggins. Was that his name? Is it... Um, I can't remember the actor's name. Michael Rappaport, Rappaport. Yes. With the, the really bad 90s goatee. Yes. Yes, yeah. I think it's Scoggs. Scoggs, yeah, because I'm sure he's... Tom I just Scoggins. called him a ba bad goatee in my head. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, that'll do. <laughs> the other guy. Um, so those two, I mean, those two spent so long underwater doing very technical things with no scuba gear on, mm. no goggles, no nothing. And they have these full-on scenes that go on for minutes and minutes of, at a time of them underwater playing out sort of what they're doing. And it's just so... Not, not that I've ever had to act or had to do anything too technical underwater, but it's just so silly because, like, the way they sort of communicate with each other is by, like, pulling faces or, like, doing big eyes and the guy's, like, he keeps going, like, whoa, every time he thinks he sees a shark and stuff. And it's like, I don't think you'd be doing that if you were having to hold your breath, worry about the fact that there are killer sharks around you and you've, you're just not, they're not wearing any gear at all underwater. And I'm not looking for realism, obviously, at all. But I just wrong, thought... Wrong film for you if you are. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But I just <laughs> I just thought that that was just something that I noted. But, you know, cool to do scenes underwater. Again, it's something different. Um, yeah, but yeah, no, I just I noticed that. They were just underwater for ages. I know what you mean. And then I also think that his, that particular character's death was a little underwhelming. They went for like a jump scare, but if he's supposed to be his best friend, he kind of like wasn't asked. No one, no one was asked really about anyone's That's death. It, the, 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 yeah. Sort of the group, there wasn't much of group camaraderie. They didn't sort of fit together as one unit, even though they'd sometimes say things or there'd be shots where you're like, oh, women, I think that these two are best mates and that. And then when L. M. Sherman... Preacher, what's his name? Preacher Sh Dudley. Sherman, Preacher Ladies Dudley. love Cool James. But yeah, that's what I keep going back to say. Um, so when and when he kills the shark, finally, like he says, "This is for Scargs," and it's like, did you did you know each other? Like, yeah. did you even have any lines of dialogue with I think each it's, other? It's back to that one-dimensional thing with the script, isn't it? Because even with the chef, with with 
Sherman. They completely forget. It's like they forget he's there. Mm. No one goes, should we go and check if the one other person on the seemingly on the research vessel who's on the lower levels is okay? No yeah. one checks him. Then towards the end, the characters start to just find stuff that the script needs them to find. Mm. So LL Cool J's character gets bitten by a shark but escapes. And in the next scene, he's just being dressed by a first aid kit. But there's no sign of this first aid kit having been found because at this point, the whole research facility has started to explode and is being submerged. But Saffron Burroughs' character, Susan, just finds this kit. Then bone when, dry yeah, in a bone flooded dry. facility. Then when they're going to kill the shark, he just finds a harpoon. It's like... it's. But I suppose that's why it's a B-movie in terms of mm. it doesn't really matter because it's all about the concept, it's all about the set pieces, yeah. and it's not pretending to be anything more. And I think that's why it's dated for me because back in back then it was about the concept, the execution, the set pieces, whereas now blockbusters are kind of a little bit more intelligent. Mm, in somewhat. Ter- somewhat. In terms somewhat, of yeah. in terms of if you look at, like, I don't know, Dunkirk or... Um, I'm trying to think of another like big blockbuster. It's Even hard. some of the Marvel films. Well, I was going to say, I feel like, like it's hard to name any modern blockbuster now that isn't Marvel. Baby Driver. There's Would one for you. Would you say that's a blockbuster, yeah? I'd is say that, it's a big yeah. film. It's got a huge cast and stuff, isn't it? I, yeah. I, what, I think what I mean is these days, these scripts are developed and developed and developed. Yeah. Whereas back in the day, you get the impression that they kind of gave, they wrote it, they wrote the dialogue, they did a bit of development and then they just made the film and yeah. kind of went, well, it's all about the dollar, you know, and yeah. developed it as they went along. Yeah. But it's definitely unashamedly a cheesy B movie. Mm-hmm. So I think the other problem as well with why you don't connect with the characters is Susan or Susie. See, Carter swaps from calling us Susan to Susie and it's like, so how familiar are you with each other? It's like, are you, are you meant to be like boyfriend and girlfriend? It's so hard to say. But she, so she's the only one who cares about the mission. No one else cares about the mission. Everyone else just cares about getting off, which is something that I do like about her character. Susie wants to do this thing mm. and everyone else just seems not asked. Like, first sign of trouble. Surely you must have, you're dealing with hyper-intelligent sharks. The, the really dumb thing as well is when they bring it up. So it comes up on that platform, doesn't it? When they capture it for the first time, they want to either yeah. remove, inject something into its brain or take something out of its brain, which you've got a long needle or whatever. So when the shark's coming up, first of all, so you've got Carter who's sat next to the shark with like arms on the shark. Again, no scuba gear or anything, but he's coming up from underwater somehow. Mm. Just perfectly fine next to the shark. You get this moment where it's like, oh, is this going to be about a man and his beast and the bond between human and wild animal? But that doesn't really happen and that doesn't go anywhere. So... They bring it up onto this platform. They do the thing. They've got the needle. They're done with the shark. They don't need the shark to be there anymore. And they just leave it there. I don't know why they just leave it. It's like, why aren't you lowering this and releasing it back into the sea now? And then obviously that's... But this is the thing, isn't it? People do stupid things and the audience are like, what are you doing? So it's a bit of that as well, I think. It's like, oh, the shark's behind you. The, The other thing as well is before Susan's demise is... And I remember thinking this when I was a kid as well, but why not just let some blood drop off your hand into the water. I don't think she needed... that. Maybe that's the reason why it's unsatisfying at the end as well, because she mm. didn't need to sacrifice herself in that way. Pop your hand in the water. That's what I was thinking. Swill it around. Yeah. 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 So, I, I, yeah. It is a little unsatisfying, because the thing is, because she's so underdeveloped, if she was the bad guy and she got this death, you might there might be a satisfaction to it. Or if she was more developed as a love interest, it might be more tragic. But instead, it's just kind of meh, just mm. meh. Do you know what I mean? And then at the end, 
weirdly, LL Cool J and Thomas Jane's characters are both kind of fine. Yeah, they're like, all right. Wise. Yeah, not dehydrated yeah. at all. He's he's not suffering from blood loss, apparently. I'm quitting this job. I'm just going to quit this job. Well, yeah, because I wrote that down. Sort of the, the end line of the film is, let me tell you, man, I quit this job. Take me back to the ghetto. And then Carter goes, amen. And that's it. That's how the film ends. So we'll come on to the critical reception then and try and decide whether or not we think it's underrated or not. Um, you haven't seen the critical reception. So what do you think it gets? Unfortunately, I do think it will be quite low. So I enjoyed it more um, than I thought I would, certainly. And I think it does have some redeemable factors. Sharks are cool, so there's always that. Sharks but are cool. I, so I would like to think, I think it could almost be deserving of a kind of mid-six, mm. but I don't think it probably did get that. And I imagine it maybe got more of a low five, but maybe I'm being too harsh. So on IMDb, mm-hmm. it gets a 5.9 Oh, high five. On Rotten Tomatoes, the critics give it a 60%. And the audience score, and I was surprised by this, gives it 38%. Okay. Oh, that's so fine. what do you think in terms of underrated or not? So I... That 38% feels rough. Yeah. I, I'm going to have to disagree with them there. Hmm. I don't think it's... Uh, it's not... It's not an Oscar-winning masterpiece, but it's not 38% bad. Having said that, I don't think it's 6 out of 10 good. Okay. So I think it's kind of in the middle there. So if I'm going to say if we're going off, take the critics to one side, let's talk about the audience. It's underrated. It's not 38% bad. It's kind of mid-range. It's okay. It is what it is. It's not there for the critics to, to kind of gush over it. So I'm going to say it is underrated because I it isn't 38% bad, but also to back that up, I went into this assuming it would be quite bad. Mm. Um, and that's based on things I must have heard since its release over the years it's been out, things I'd seen, the trailer, that sort of thing. How about you? I think it is underrated. I really enjoyed it. I would watch it again and I would recommend it to someone as well. I think it... Just it perfectly encapsulates that sort of the B movie, the horror, the blood and the guts and the sort of dramatic and sometimes nonsensical dialogue. I think there's a lot in there to enjoy. Well, there we are then. Another one for the underrated pal. I was surprised actually that this has ended up as underrated, but there it is. It is underrated. Um, let us know what you think. Uh, the email is filmsandthatpod at gmail.com. Give us a tweet at, at films underscore that. And we're at filmsandthatpod on Facebook and Instagram. Next week, it is my turn to pick. So we're going to be doing Hercules, the Disney one, the 1997 Disney one. The Disney one, as yeah. opposed to the... The one with The Rock from a couple of years ago. Oh! Oh, uh, I forgot um, about that. <laughs> or there's probably a, num- a number of Hercules. Probably. The 1997 Disney Hercules. Brilliant. Look forward to it. See you all next week. It's goodbye from me. And goodbye from me. Cheerio.
Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out at the French Open for a chance to win a Grand Slam title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. See the action unfold as legends fight for glory and new rivalries emerge. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th, with match replays on demand so you never miss a moment. From the first serve to the final point, Roland Garros promises unforgettable moments and new chapters in tennis history. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.